With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the main event, Mark's podcast. We're on our bonus show of the month of October. I'm your first co-host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Troy. And with me, as always, is a walking wrestling encyclopedia, the WWE. And he is the main event collector. He is the Orlando Jordan to my Eric Young. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, I don't know what to say to that, honest. <laughs> I wanted to get a really weird reference in there. I was going to go with Motor City Machine Guns. I'm like, mm, too obvious. Got to go with something else. I could have went with, I could have went with Generation Me, or Ink Ink, or anything else. Nope, Eric Young, Orlando Jordan. <laughs> Which, by the way, I totally forgot they were a thing. I did too, and that was not a bad thing that I forgot. 
Yeah, and I start watching this show, and I'm looking at the card, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? But, yeah, I, I don't know. And I can't even say, oh, well, it paid off in the end with something funny, because it didn't, so. But, you know, that's what we're here to Crash talk and burn. About. I mean, that was funny. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's stop Jabber John and get right into our favorite part of the show, yours and mine. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the news and notes from the time. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive through. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. I surprisingly found a lot of news and notes from October of 2010 which was what I was going for here. I was kind of shocked with some of it because I didn't know some of this stuff happened during this Cool. More porn racism? No, unfortunately. uh, No porn, no racism in this episode. But there is a lawsuit. We'll we'll get to that. I guess technically a little bit of politics in that lawsuit, but we'll talk about it. First of all, this is really sad, but I always try to start off with a sad story so we can cleanse ourselves of it (laughs) through the rest of the news. Lovely. Former women's wrestling star Luna Vachon's death back on August 27th was found to be due to an accidental drug overdose by medical examiners in Florida, according to TMZ, who's always the go-to source for all news. Well, that's uh, my Bible. I mean, I'm on it every day. Yeah, it goes TMZ and then Wrestling Observer, right? Just slightly under. But any- anyway, the toxicology reports came back stating that the death was from an accidental overdose of oxycodone and I'm just going to say benzos, because it's a long name that I don't want to pronounce. I did not know that she died of a drug overdose. I guess I wasn't really paying attention at the time. I didn't either. Kind of sad. I mean, it, obviously it was a, and I, you know, they said it was accidental, so I'm assuming she was taking various pain meds and whatnot, and uh, you know, mi- uh, mixed them improperly. I mean, that's what happened with uh, Heath Ledger. He was mixing various medications. <laughs> But crap happens, I guess. Uh, unfortunate story. Uh, here, speaking of unfortunate stories, WWE has come to terms on the release of Matt Hardy, effective as of October 15th, 2010. Matt Hardy tweeted, quote, Thank God, smiley face. I swear, it was harder for me to get released than it was to get hired. This is absolutely what I want. Now I can be me. And apparently, being him was cold-blooded. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I remember when he showed up with dreadlocks calling himself cold-blooded Matt Hardy on TNA, and I was like, uh, what? Yeah, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. And he was, was kind of fat at the time, too. You remember that? I do. Didn't everyone call him Fat Hardy? <laughs> yeah. He showed up with dreadlocks, and they were like, oh, it's uh, Fat Hardy, uh, the lesser-known Hardy brother. Yeah, it was... uh. Not great. Not, he he had nothing memorable from his TNA run, except for like a very brief Hardy Boys reunion, which you knew was going to happen. Uh, WWE has signed 20-year-old Shaul Guerrero, the daughter of Vicky and Eddie, 
to a developmental deal. Also, they signed indie wrestler Sue Young. I am today years old when I found out they had Sue Young under a developmental deal. Do we even know who she was back in 2010? I barely know who she is now. I mean, I feel like she blew up on the indie sale. Like, she blew up doing the, uh, well, as much as an indie star can blow up, I guess. Doing the uh, zombie bride, undead corpse bride, whatever the hell she is. And now she's Susie in Impact. Playing an obsessive, like, living doll, I guess. I don't know. She has the weirdest freaking gimmicks. That sounds like money. Yeah. She's obsessed with Kylie Ray. But you know ah. the Bailey wannabe, the AEW cut? Yeah, uh, Kylie Ray? Yeah. No, Greg, she's legitimate and a real good person. This is real. Unlike <laughs> Bailey, who's faking it. I mean, to Cody's point, she did come out and completely change gimmicks, so maybe she was faking it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kid, but seriously. Uh, Shaw Guerrero was there long enough to find her future husband and then left. So, or got released, whatever. From everything I heard, she wasn't all that good. So, whatever. There is said to be a quote. I think she would be. I mean, I. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. She hangs around AEW a lot now. Like she just like hangs out with her mom, and I think she's friends with Nyla Rose. So I don't know. That's that's the first person AEW I'd pick to be friends with. <laughs> oh yeah, if if you want to go straight to the top, Nyla Rose. <laughs> anyway, I'd probably fanboy and run right over to like Kenny Omega. Good lord. <laughs> I'd want to meet. I'd want to meet Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm, just I'm in MJF. But... <laughs> I'd want to meet. I'd, I'd want to meet uh, Jake Roberts just to say I met him, and so he could like look me up and be like, "You're looking thick." Wow. <laughs> I'd be like, "Well, I've put on a few pounds, but uh, that's rather offensive." Oh, you're looking creepy. What the hell? Uh, here's the somewhat political thing that I was talking about. I mean, it is political, but. Vince McMahon has filed a lawsuit, a federal lawsuit, to stop Connecticut election workers from asking WWE fans to wrestling garb at the polls. McMahon says that the Secretary of State, Susan uh, Bisowitz, is violating free speech rights by telling local registrars to uh, ask people to cover up or or, uh, return wearing something else. State election law prevents political advertisement from being within 75 feet of the polls. And keep in mind, the reason they were doing this is because Linda McMahon was running for state senate in this election cycle. Yeah, because, you know, when I wear my John Cena shirt, that means, you know, I'm supporting Linda McMahon. I totally get that. I, I get your point why on the on the surface you think, well, that sounds stupid. But it is like she owns stock in the company and you say, well, I support the company, so maybe I support her. I mean, I can see the... I support I coffee. Do you think I support the assholes I used to work for? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know, Greg. I'm just saying. But it's... uh Yeah. It, I can see where they would get one from the other because it's her company, whatever. But it's like, at the same time, I don't know. It's... I don't she know had no what chance of winning anyway. That's my the, full laughing. No, she... <laughs> yeah. No, she didn't. But that's... There was a famous picture of, like, Vince McMahon standing, like, crying on the stage while she's giving her concession speech, and people were like, yeah. It's like, I just flushed thousands of dollars down the toilet. <laughs> like, yeah, basically. I figured, you know, with, you know, election going on and all that crap now, this was kind of a uh, prudent story to, to uh, the news from the time. But anyway, uh, moving on here. No one seems to have a definitive Hold answer on. in re- why was there an election that year? It's 2010. Wouldn't it be 12? Uh, midterms. Oh, duh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's early, folks. Sorry. 
<laughs> I'm uh, drinking coffee now, by the way, so I should be good in a couple of minutes here. So am I. Uh, no one seems to have a definitive answer in regards to the post-fight confrontation between The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar at UFC 121 in Anaheim, California. The confrontation was captured during an interview that Ariel Helwani was conducting with Brock, or excuse me, with The Undertaker in the crowd as Lesnar walked by. UFC President Dana White didn't have an answer for this confrontation either, but uh, when asked by Helwani, Taker also kept quiet when asked about it backstage and simply kept stating that it was, quote, personal. I remember this, and everybody made a big deal out of it. I think The Undertaker on that documentary flat out said, because they were negotiating again back in WWE. Yeah, from so everything I people heard. blew it up for no reason. <laughs> right. What did he, uh, remind me, what did The Undertaker do at WrestleMania 27? I'm blanking. He wrestled Triple H. Uh, first time, right? Mm-hmm. Or, well, technically second time, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> first time for this Undertaker. Right, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that was still really good. And That's yeah, probably one of the only good parts of the whole night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. Uh, that, that WrestleMania sucked. But supposedly they were trying to get Undertaker Brock Lesnar signed for WrestleMania from, if you believe, uh, you know, everything you read. But I don't know. I, I mean, judging by this and what you just told me, yeah, I, I would assume they were trying to get that match signed for WrestleMania. They get him uh, about what back uh, the next year, right? Yeah, after twenty eight. Mm, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, and then they end up unfortunately having that match at WrestleMania thirty, which I, I didn't like the match for multiple reasons, but that was just one. Remember when we were going to go to that? Yeah, and then you and I ended up talk about uh, a saving grace, <laughs> right, dude? That would have that would I'm not going to say that would have ruined my night because I still would have had a lot of fun. But that would have put a big. Oh, we did at thirty four. Yeah, thirty four. Yeah, yeah, we went to. Yeah, we went to. Coincidentally, in the same uh, stadium. Yeah, so we we ended up making our trek to New Orleans eventually. Uh, Here we go. I I guess this is kind of delving back into politics, but not American politics. (laughs) It's about the Great Khali of all people. Uh, The Great Khali could be. Yeah, you joke, but man, he's like uh, a god over there. He is. I'm, I'm not. Pacquiao in the in the Philippines, man. He's just, he's just like. Yeah, he is mobbed. Yeah, it's, I've I've heard he's like bigger than Hulk Hogan, which is weird. Well, he is bigger than. Well, yeah, you get my point. <laughs> the great colleague could be served over the night or the day. Sorry. Uh, the great colleague could be served with a legal notice due to his contract with WWE and now taking part in a reality show in India, despite his job as an assistant sub-inspector with the Punjab Armed Police. A Delhi-based activist said, or Delhi, I guess, I'm thinking, it's Delhi. Uh, A Delhi-based activist says he has been making money and misusing the leave allowed to him. He must be terminated with immediate effect. So basically, he was taking time off from his job over there that he was hired for, to make money doing reality shows and wrestling. Uh, I, I can see why some people might be pissed. <laughs> I I prefer to stay away from the wrestling ring, so I'm good. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? As, as a, uh, what did I say? As an assistant sub-inspector with the Punjab Armed Police, he probably killed less people than he did in a wrestling ring. Good God. I'm just saying. I believe that happened like two miles up the road from right where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I remember you telling me about that. I was like, my God, is it in the place you always go to? And you're like, no. <laughs> no, we don't go to this one because they moved the APW's uh, every, everything to San Francisco. Yeah. But, okay. um, yeah, I mean, it was right here. It was based out of here. You ever see the, the documentary um, Beyond the Mat? You can see the, mm-hmm. the actual place in it that it happened at. So, 
Yeah. Wow. And look, I mean, crap happens. Mizawa got killed in a ring, you know, by accident. Uh, who I can't even think of it. Um, I feel bad. I can't remember the guy's name now. Uh, Peril Aguayo Jr. Oh, is that the guy Ray Mysterio hit? Yeah, Peril Aguayo Jr. He was, you know, killed accidentally in a wrestling ring. He was hiding injuries and stuff like that. And and Ray hit him just right, and it, uh, yeah, ended his life. And I mean, you know, crap happened. We're getting the horrible stuff out of the way at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like I'm not necessarily blaming him, but he was a horrible wrestler. And just, uh, I don't know. Doesn't make him look good. I'm not, I'm not like defending him either, but you gotta remember, there's a risk at all times. You know, I mean. Oh yeah. I, and I'm not gonna blame Juventud, Juventud Guerrera is a botch master, but I'm not blaming him for Silver King's death either. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, unless he just like, just try to do it. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna pick you up without you knowing and just slam you directly on your head. I don't blame Ernest the Cat Miller for Randy the Ram's death, so. My gosh. We don't know that he died, okay? <laughs> we, they never flat out tell us. It's left to Darren our Aronofsky said we could write any narrative we want. So yeah, so we, don't, like, so we don't I, know. I felt like he died. It's just the way it looked. I like the narrative. <laughs> he was literally uh, having a heart attack before the match, remember? So. Yeah. Anyone well, doesn't know what we're talking about, by the way, we're talking about a movie. So don't yeah, think we're the, glorifying a real thing. Right, like yeah. movie. Uh, Mickey James debuted in TNA this month, which I completely forgot about. Wasn't her debut at the show? Uh, nah, I don't, I don't think it was technically at the show because they didn't make uh, a big deal out of it. I, I just felt like, yeah, you're right. Okay, now I think about it. But I was like, she's the referee. Like, oh, right. she's debuting here. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too, and I'm like, ah, wait, no, she did. I think she showed up on TV earlier in the month. Uh, TNA has also signed former WWE talent Katie Lee Birchall to a contract. She would later debut as Winter. Okay, I call it Dips and- her, but- <laughs> Good lord. She kind of reminds me of the lead singer of Evanescence. Like, do you see that? When she wears a lot of makeup, guys. Yeah. She's very pale. She's got dark hair. Like, those piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Reminds me of her. Uh, CBS reality TV star Mr. Pectacular Jesse Goddard. Good god. <laughs> He was offered. I can't a believe belt. you called him CBS star. That's what he was a no. He was a reality TV star. That's what that's. He was a reality show well. participant. Okay, don't don't use the word star so loosely. All right. Well, I mean that's what he was called in the story. I'm using of course because that's I'm using that's their wording. Actually, they I I toned it down from what they actually called him because they oh, were like I don't super even know if I want to know what they said. Yeah, I don't even I don't remember anymore. But it was something like they called him like mega star. Uh, Jesse Goddard's. And I was like, <laughs> he was a reality TV show guy. Like, calm down. Uh, who are you? Yeah. But he was offered a uh, developmental deal with TNA. We know later, I, I don't, I can't remember the timeline. Forgive me for not keeping up with Jesse Goddard's career, but he would pop up, I think, the next year or maybe later this year as Tara's boyfriend, Hollywood boyfriend. That's right. I forgot about that crap. How dare you? I, I will say this: I I hated them, but in a good way. Uh, the bromans, him and his. I could stand because she was the only thing they ever had, woman, women wise. Yeah. What? Wait, are you talking like on the women's roster? She was yeah. the only good one. Yeah. I mean, they had Mickey James, Gail Kim. Uh, I I thought well at this time think. though. I mean, I don't think oh, they were all wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're, Even yeah, Mickey was I, on and off too. 
And I think Gail Kim was might have been gone at this time. Awesome Kong was definitely gone by this time, so she doesn't count. Yeah, but, she uh, beat up Bubba Love Spun, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, she at least threatened to. I I, I hope she followed through, but I, I can't. I hope Eric Bischoff followed through with that steak dinner he promised her. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I was to buy her food because he said that was the greatest thing he's ever seen. He goes, he wished he would have bought her like a house if she would beat the hell out of Bubba right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes that me laugh great. so hard. Because <laughs> Bubba loves Sponge with a tool. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so either way, he just got her teamed up with uh, Robbie E. That's his name. He, they remember they were the bromans. They had DJ Z with them. Yeah, DJ Z is in NXT now, right? Yeah, Joaquin Wilde. And, and we know that Robert Stone was running hot in NXT. Oh, yeah. He got run over by a mini tank. So that's the thing. Uh, yeah, Joaquin Wilde. That's, uh, he's really good, by the way. I don't know who knows that, but. Or, oh, Joaquin. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, I liked him. I didn't like him at first when he was uh, Zima Ion. I was like. I, look, in a, like, a really horrible, ironic way, I kind of like that DJ crap he did when he was on the, the thing and. <laughs> It was hilarious. It was stupid as hell. But it was like, oh my god, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. At first, I hated it, and then after a while, I was like, all right, it's hilarious. I, every time, every time the bromance would fist bump or something, he would do the. I I liked it because it wasn't a cover up for a horrible wrestler. He, like, he was actually good. Right. Like, yeah. Why are you doing this? You know. Partially yeah. why I like the twenty four seven time with our truth because our truth was really good. It's like this is just another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, according to a source, Sting is, quote, expected to be gone from TNA Wrestling following a set of television tapings this month. Spoiler, he sticks around. No, no, he does leave for a little bit. Did he? I think he lives for a couple of months. Uh, oh, this is just like, do, do you remember this was just the story every single year? Sting is leaving. Sting is leaving. He's definitely leaving this time. He's gone. Well, per interviews with him, he always said it was 100% legit. He didn't know if he was coming back and then he just would. Yeah, he did the, uh, well, cause he would only sign one year contracts. So, and, and he said, every that's what like time, a horrible football player at the end of his span is doing. <laughs> well, he said his defense was, he was like, ah, I didn't know what shape I was going to be in. So I just didn't want to commit myself for a long period of time and then, you know, get beat up and whatever. So I get it. And he didn't know how TNA was going to be year to year. Uh, so did. Yeah. Well, I, wait, was this the time when he took time off and then he came back? They they did the uh, the spoof of the Undertaker promo. You remember yeah. that? Yes, it was. Yeah, because that was going into twenty seven. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, because yeah, they they were doing. If, so he if, would leave until February or March. March. If you believe the stories, I think he said this before that this was like uh, how it was going to be. At WWE was running these cryptic promos in the rain and whatever and. Uh, at like an old house or whatever, and it was allegedly supposed to be for Sting, and they thought they were going to get Sting for WrestleMania 27. Sting decided at the last minute, now nah, I'm going to resign with TNA. So they flipped it, and they were like, no, 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 these promos were for the Undertaker. So then TNA did their own promos, kind of mocking it, and it really was Sting. So I, I can see both sides of the coin there because, like, if it was for him, why not use that? But then right. again, be original. So I don't know. It's up yeah, in, up for interpretation, I guess. Yeah, I think TNA was just playing on, haha, we got him and you didn't. So you know, I mean, not Look, that I love Sting, you know that, but is this really a big get in 2010 or 11? He was one of their bigger stars, but okay, yes, know, but is still... that a big get? Like, is that a make or break your company in 2010? 
Yeah, uh, if you listen to people talk about, you know, uh, apparently Dixie Carter thought so. So I don't know. They they said Dixie Carter absolutely loved Sting and did everything she could to keep him. So. Well, yeah. At that point, though, he's just an attraction. Which don't uh, get me wrong. So, I mean, that's yeah. what Goldberg and Brock and you and The Rock to this day are, and he's yeah. earned that right. But again, that's not a maker. That's not a savior company type thing. I I think. But. Right. Well, and she didn't have to pay a salary. Allegedly, it was Spike TV paying it. Oh yeah, Bischoff's adamant about that. He rams that down people's throats. <laughs> yeah, apparently they were paying for uh, Sting, Hogan, and Bischoff. I don't know. I, I know those and, are the big three. And Angle. Oh, and Angle. Okay, uh-huh. I didn't know that one. Uh, I know that because that was why, like, some people got ticked off, and I can see both sides of the point. But like, when people asked Goldberg, they were like, "Hey, you have any interest in going to TNA?" And he was like, "Well." If if uh, Paramount's willing to pay me, sure. And they were like, well, that, you know, it, it would be TNA paying you. It's like, well, TNA's not paying for their other huge contract, so why would they pay for Goldberg? Especially because, with the amount of money Goldberg's they asking know. for. Yeah. Well, here's somebody, another WCW talent uh, that was actually gone, as far as I know. Kevin Nash confirmed on Twitter that he would be leaving TNA at the end of October. Oh, no. He did leave forever, right, bro? I think this was it for him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he I think looked, actually, wouldn't he debut in the? Wouldn't he be in the Royal Rumble the next January? As Diesel was this the was this the one? I don't remember. I and bet, then he yeah. went on to have that god awful feud with CM Punk, and then, well, I guess it was technically a feud with Triple H with CM Punk thrown in there. I don't know. And you know, my favorite part of that feud, Greg, was you know when I think Kevin Nash and Triple H, I think ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> I did like uh, CM Punk's one line that he he had against uh, Kevin Nash, though, where he was like, "Well, click is just the sound your knees make when you walk." Now, <laughs> and then uh, uh, and Kevin Nash had a good one where he said that CM Punk looked like a fry cook at a Waffle House. <laughs> oh yeah, because it was hair. Yeah, well, the hair, the tattoos, and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's not wrong. All right, last story here. TNA sources have confirmed that Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon, signed new multi-year deals with the company. There was some communication between 3D and WWE in a possible attempt to revamp the current tag team division, but nothing went further. Oh, it was running hot. I mean, I believe this time uh, John Cena and David Otunga were the tag champs. So, revamp yeah. that? Yeah. I, I, what, do you, what do you need to revamp at that point? I mean, my God, you've got... Uh, You've got John Cena and the biracial Jesse Goddards. What the hell? I don't know. It's just, he was, I don't, at that point, it's a, it, between him and Jesse Goddards, it's like, who am I insulting there? Like, who, which one sucks more or less? Either way. But that's the end of my news. Uh, I guess it's time to move into the event at hand. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Step up to the plate and get the best lines in baseball with William Hill Sportsbook. When you play with our money lines, you win more when you're right. So sign up today and start betting risk free. Download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk free using promo code Radio RF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid and free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll free helpline at 1 888 532 3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Let's make it interesting. Now, back to our program.
Let's talk about TNA Bound for Glory 2010. You ready, Greg? As ready as I can be. All right. The date was October 10th, 2010, from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. The attendance was 3,500 people. That was a respectable WCW 1994 crowd, yeah. I guess. Uh, the opening package, I will say, definitely got me hyped up for the show. What, that I mean, was the I first mean, thing I caught, yes. I mean, the first note I got, sorry. I was like, wow. I forgot how good these were. Yeah, they actually had some good production back in the day. I mean, not... I, I don't think they do stuff like that now, but, you know. Back then, I uh, it was like legit, big, big feel kind of stuff. But first match of the night, we get the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, defending the TNA World Tag Team titles against Generation Me, Max, and Jeremy Buck, who you all may know as the Young Bucks. I forgot they called them Buck. So why didn't they just call them the Young Bucks? Because they... Same same reason WWE changed his names, man. They wanted to trademark it. Uh, Generation I, Me. Yeah. I, I, I never got the name. And then, I mean... I got it after a while. I was like, okay, they're young, selfish punks. Okay, but they debuted as baby faces. And they were baby faces for a while. And well, then, that's because they have baby faces. <laughs> when they turned heel, I like I hated it at first because I'm like, I just don't buy these guys as heels. They look like snot nosed punks, which I mean I guess they are, but <laughs> I, I don't know. But this match with nah, have you heard their song? They're good Christian boys. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> This match went just Real lyrics, by minutes. the way. Sorry. Uh, most of this, most of this match, I said the guns are just wailing on Gen Me. They finally hit their skull and bones finisher for the win. Lots of high spots in here. Look, Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it. <laughs> I gave it two and a half stars. What say you? I gave it three. I really liked it. Um, I said it was like high octane. I was never bored. Yeah. So, I mean, and I just, I don't know. I feel like these were the bucks I could actually like because there was My, one thing in this match very lacking. Do you know what that was? Uh, no. <laughs> they were lacking super kicks. Oh, yeah. Well, my major critique of this match was, I mean, yes, it was high octane. It was go, go, go. It was like the old car crash, cruiserweight matches or X Division matches or whatever. But at the same time, I never once throughout this entire match was made to believe that Generation Me could win. If you watched, um, what was the, it was sort of the U, their last pay-per-view, was it? That no, wasn't Unbreakable. Maybe it was No Surrender. Yeah, No Surrender. Um, mm. They beat the hell out of the guns, and they looked like they were going to take them. Huh. So, yeah, I mean, I don't maybe not within one. the match it looked like they were going to win, but going into it, you, th- you felt like it. And I mean, the, the, the Generation Me had a few spots where they were you know, looking good, but it, for the most part, it felt to me like Motor City Machine Guns just mostly dominated their <laughs> them. So yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so that was I, my one critique of the match. I thought it was funny too. This is the first time ever Bound for Glory opened with a traditional tag team match. Oh, really? And why that's funny to me is because like that's how TNA felt like kicked off every one of their pay per views. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look through the history because I honestly forget. But yeah. So that I take it that was your fact of the match then. Yeah, there wasn't many for this one. I had a dig for almost a fact for every one of these matches, so... Oh, I believe you. Well, something I wasn't digging was up next. Uh, Christy Hemi is backstage interviewing Madison Rain and Tara. The storyline uh, is... Oh, what do you not dig there? I'll get to it. Uh, the storyline is that Tara... I'm, got... I'm visually okay with this. Well, yeah. 
Uh, Tara got fired, but Madison Rain brought her back under the stipulation that she's basically Rain's servant slash bodyguard, whatever. I forgot about that. <laughs> And none of it made sense because she was like, well, she's back as my bodyguard, but she can also wrestle. And if she doesn't do what I want, then I can fire her again. <sighs> it just set lo all logic aside. Uh, by the way, was this the first show where Madison Rain had brown hair? Uh, it was around this period. I don't know if this was the first show, but. Well, because in all the buildup clips, she's blonde. And then here she's brunette. So I don't know. But either way, also, Tara now rides a motorcycle and kisses Madison for reasons that go unexplained. Why is she riding a motorcycle to ring? Why is she wearing a helmet? Why is she kissing Madison Rain like they're besties and, you know, into that kind of stuff? Whatever. Now there's anything wrong with that. Bro, nobody cares, bro. It's two hot chicks kissing, bro. And, and put, put Tara in leather, bro. They'll love it. <laughs> The only thing I got out of this interview is that Rain calls Christy Hemi a B-word, calls her a pig, and calls her a skank. That is the entirety of this interview. This was like WWF Attitude Era times 10. This was stupid. Russo was still there, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, as far as I know. I don't think he's gone for a while, but I could be wrong. <sighs> yeah, this was just like... You want to know why it took so long for women to dig themselves out of a hole? And, it, and, it, and I'm not blaming the women. They were not the ones booking themselves like this. But it's crap like this why nobody took women's wrestling seriously until the last, I don't know, five years. <sighs> but up next, we get a, uh, it's a four corners match for the TNA Knockouts title. These, the reason it's a four corners match is because uh, you have to tag so all four women are not legal at the same time. So I, I hate that stipulation, but it is what it is. Special guest referee is Mickey James, by the way. Angelina Love is defending her knockouts title against Kara, Madison Rain, and Velvet Sky. And yes, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky are besties at this time, and Tara and Madison are besties at this time. So we're doing the old Russo trope of, just, bro, partners must fight, bro. <laughs> they hate each other. I just love how you're calling them besties. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going with their stupid gimmick. I don't know. But this match went just shy of six minutes. God help us all. I still don't know to this day what let the pigeons loose means. I think Bischoff has a, a standing offer of like $100,000 if Taz will call Conrad and tell him. <laughs> oh my gosh. He calls him up. And he's like, listen, brother, I'm going to dump Bischoff on his head if he doesn't just forget about it, okay? It means what it means. You sound like the lawyer on Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. That's exactly how he sounded, but you have to go back and look at it. Yeah. Nah. Uh, the match isn't horrible, I said, but it was extremely unremarkable in every way, shape, and form. It was short enough not to be offensive. Uh, Velvet Sky throws Tara into Madison Rain, knocking her off the apron. She does an O'Connor roll on Tara, but Tara rolls through with it and reverses it and wins the knockouts title. Uh, and I'll get to the aftermatch match shenanigans here, after, here in a second. Uncle Dave gave this half a star. I gave it one and a half stars. What say you? One star. Yeah. Uh, I just said, my only note for here is like, wow, this match sucks. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Like I said, it was bad, but it was short. So it wasn't like, you know, like when we just reviewed, you know, Kevin versus Dave Sullivan. That one was like remarkably boring and terrible to where it felt like it dragged on. This was bad, but it felt like six minutes of bad, not 60 minutes of bad. Am I wrong there? 
I mean, I see your point, but I, I don't know. know. I just bad. I was just watching. I was like, "Damn, this sucks." <laughs> to quote Huey Lewis in the news, "Bad is bad." So, uh, did uh, did you have any facts for this match before I move on? I just I said in a day and age where women's wrestling matters more than ever, only Mickey James <laughs> is really doing anything. Yeah, Tara was really good, by the way. I she probably got... the only saving grace of this match, if there is one. Yeah, we've made our feelings known about how much we hate the in-ring stylings of Madison Rain. Velvet Sky was never good. I think Angelina Love was presentable at times. I'm so glad Madison Rain moved over to announcing because she's so much better there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, it's man, it's going from like something you're horrible at to something you're just kind of bad at. Like her husband. Like, I, ironic, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For those of you don't, that don't know, she's married to Josh Matthews. Anyway. So, after the match, Madison Rain gets in Tara's face and screams at her for winning the match. How dare you? And then uh, Mickey James tries to separate them, but then Madison Rain shoves her down, so Mickey gets up and knocks a crap out of her. And she winks at Tara, blows her a kiss, and then walks off. Because, bro... All the women have to insinuate that they're kind of lesbians, bro. The marks will love it. Bro, woman-on-woman sales, bro. And look, this isn't a commentary on that kind of stuff. What it, what it is commentary on is they're like, hey, we'll have every woman on the roster act like they, they're kind of, like, hot for each other because that's what the guys will like. Like, ugh. it's it, it comes off as, like, just icky. I don't know how else could it. And almost juvenile it. in a way, too. Well, yeah. It's like, bro, what what will the guys in the crowd like? Oh, I know. Uh, lesbian stuff. <laughs> uh, after this match in the back, Christy Henney is interviewing Eric Young, who has an anchor either drawn on his arm as a fake tattoo or it's a legit ugly tattoo. I, there's, no, there's no need to know. Yeah, I, I, it's, uh, yeah, it's horrible. Anyway, uh, I forgot about this era of Eric Young, but... Yeah, it was right before he grew that beard out and looked like a crazy homeless person, I guess. And Hemi asks Eric questions about his relationship with Eric, with uh, Orlando Jordan. You know, because Jordan is bisexual, you see. So we need to know, are you guys just friends or, uh, you know, <laughs> wink, wink, you know? Because you can't just be friends with a gay guy or a, or a bisexual guy. There has to be more to it, right? Playing back to what you said, where it's just juvenile bullcrap that they're writing at this point. Bro, he's gay. We gotta let everyone know, bro. He was out loud and proud at this time. So, not saying there's anything wrong with that. Just saying. He let, he, like, that was his whole gimmick. Uh, but Jordan comes up in some weird get up with a mask. Eric flips out saying, show yourself, devil. <laughs> I don't think you want to be asking Orlando Jordan to show himself. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, but OJ takes off the mask and and it was like, oh, it's just me. And then they walk off as Orlando Jordan offers his sucker to Chrissy Hemi, and Hemi turns it down. To which made me go, so he was the one that gave Joey Ryan the idea. Bastard. Yeah, so and there goes Joey Ryan ripping people off again. But this match we got for, I still don't know why this was a thing on their biggest show of the year, but it was Ink Ink, Jesse Neal and Shannon Moore versus Eric Young and Orlando Jordan. This. This went around six and a half minutes. During EY and OJ's uh, entrance, OJ offers his sucker to Eric, and Eric takes it in his mouth. 
I probably should have worded that a little better. Holy that's, crap! You said that's way, I mean, that's and, the way it comes across. And we're back to juvenile. <laughs> yeah. He he said takes it in the mouth. Uh, Eric Young is carrying around the TNA rule book because you know, got to put gimmicks on gimmicks on gimmicks. I guess uh, there are How's quite a rule few book a gimmick. Yeah. Well, he made it one. Uh, there are quite a few gold dust esque spots. I would say with Orlando Jordan because you know that's his gimmick. Uh, Eric randomly turns on Orlando during the match. I did they explain why? Nope. Okay. Well, Eric randomly turns on Orlando J- Jordan during match, starts punching him. Ink Ink hits a combo, Samoan drop, flipping neckbreaker on Jordan, and Shannon Moore pins him. Uncle Dave gave this two stars. <laughs> I gave it. Yeah, I gave it one and a half. I kind of want to give it one. What say you? I gave it a solid one. Yeah, I said I, it's another dud. <laughs> I said it was way too much crap, even for EY, like the comedy crap. Yeah, if that's a thing. And here's a, here's a fun fact. There's actually a future two-time world champion in this match. Oh of all this crap. <laughs> yeah, in Orlando, or, uh, this weekend, at Bound for Glory, Eric Young will be in the main event as a world heavyweight champion against, of all people, Rich Epping Swan. So, this is their main event of their big show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with some butts in the seats. Asses in seats, Greg. Actually, that's a, that's a joke because they can't have anybody there. They don't have any audience members. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why they're they're doing this main event. They're like, we're not going to sell any tickets anyway. Who gives a damn? And they're going up against the Khabib Nurmagomedov fight, so they're not going to sell any pay-per-views either. Wait, are they having a Saturday show? I believe it's on Saturday, yeah. Because oh. Sunday is Hell in a Cell. Ah, well, either way, they're going up against something bigger than itself. So this is like people don't know what M- who know MMA. Khabib Nurmagomedov is like one of the highest buy rates in all of UFC. So yeah, you know, not that they were going to do well anyways, but <laughs> now right. no one's going to watch. <laughs> yep. Well, we get to the back now with uh, Jeff Hardy doing an interview. Uh, I didn't catch anything he had to say. Probably the typical Jeff Hardy babyface promo. Did I miss anything, or is that about right? That's about right. And I feel like he might have had a little bit of, let's just say, influence in his promo here. But My word. But you can't, I mean, I get why you're saying that, but you can't ever say that with Jeff, because you just don't know. He's just kind of out there in the stratosphere. This next match is uh, for the X Division title of TNA. It's Jay Lethal defending the title against Douglas Williams. Holy crap. In the middle of all this, a wrestling match breaks out. Right? This went for 8 minutes, 16 seconds. Lethal is in Hulk Hogan colors tonight. The match starts off hot with a a struggle submissions from the get-go. It's honestly a combo of kind of British style and American cruiserweight style uh, throughout the entire match, I say. Williams goes for a top rope Hurricane Rana to finish things off, but Lethal rolls through with a sunset flip, and he gets the win. Uncle Dave gave this two and three-four stars. I hate this quarter star bullcrap. I gave it two and a half stars. I mean, it was really good, but I don't think it was great. What say you? I wanted to give it three, but it was just too damn short to give it three. So I said two. Yeah, yeah that was another thing. Uh, if it was a little longer, I feel like I would have given it. These guys were so stars. good together. Yeah. They were, they, they were, they were a good, a good team or, uh, not team, uh, good opponents. So, I mean, I, I, this isn't a criticism of whether or not they can wrestle. Or if they can have well, no one's ever. If you question Jay Lethal can wrestle, stop watching wrestling. 
Uh, He's the greatest first generation wrestler of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always love that tagline. T Lethal. It's a fun fact, by the way. The only, this is the only match of the night where everybody involved never went to WWE or came from WWE. The only match. Oh wow, that's that's nuts to think about. We're about to get into something involving that. But yeah. So, and and Jay Lethal to me is what Dave Meltzer is to you. And, and for people that don't understand, I peed next to him. This is the second time that's been brought up this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tweeted about it. I have an odd amount of uh, wrestlers and bathroom stories. So it's. Can you I, top I Bushwhacker Luke not washing his hands after taking a crap? <laughs> uh, that one I can't. Well, the, the closest thing I have, uh, I didn't technically pee next to Jay Lethal. I, uh, I, I didn't know because he was behind me. And I turned around. I'm like, oh crap, Jay Lethal's in, in the, the public restroom at an ROH show and with all the other marks. And the dude peeing next to him sees him after they're done. He basically shakes his junk, puts it away and puts his hand out to shake and Jay's. <laughs> And Jay Lethal's like, whoa, dude, you just pissed. I'm not shaking your hand. No, it's okay. I keep a, I keep a very clean penis. It's fine. <laughs> good lord. Uh, who, well, that's, that's, that's good to know, I, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but anyway, after the match, you, you spoke too soon about, I mean, the match itself didn't involve you. Most match did. Because after the match, Jay Lethal leaves through the crowd, but he gets jumped by Robbie E and Cookie. Robbie attacked Lethal. Uh, I forgot and, about Cookie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Becky Bayless, for those. That, that sounds like a dog's name or porn star's name. Sorry. Oh, Obviously, God. they were going off of Snooky. She she looked like a combo of Snooky and Wow from, if anybody remembers, that god-awful Jersey Shore crap. That's what this, they were called The Shore. And that's what this whole thing was based on. Robbie E was obviously supposed to be, uh, I don't even remember the guy from Jersey Shore, he looked exactly like him and he had a similar name. But either way, that Robbie guy. T- yeah, I don't know. That's Maybe. not happening yet. <laughs> no, not yet. But that's, yeah, that's what this whole thing was based on. He jumps Jay Lethal, throws him back in the ring, he picks up there, he, uh, he hits a jumping cutter, and then he picks up the exhibition title and he says that Lethal is an embarrassment in the New Jersey, bro. And he lets everybody know that he wants the exhibition title. Oh, Yay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jay Lethal's from Elizabeth, New Jersey. So, I always thought that was funny, by the way, because he did the black and cheese mo thing, and he was from Elizabeth, New Jersey. <laughs> uh, we get a replay of footage now where Abyss used his uh, 2x4 with nails in it that he called Janus on Rob Van Dam backstage. No cameras saw the attack. They saw the aftermath where RVD was laying in a pool of his own blood with a ripped-up shirt and whatnot. This was said to give RVD various life-threatening injuries and put him out, put him out of action for a long time. Abyss claimed that, quote, they told him to do this. Okay, Eric, I know what you said on the Fall Brawl episode about, well, they didn't have to say that. Uh, Dave Meltzer ruined the fun. Well, they kind of ruined the fun, quote-unquote, if you want to call it that, on Eric Bischoff's podcast. So you want to know why all of this even happened with Rob Van Dam in real life? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, okay. For those that haven't heard it, I, I know you did. You listened to the podcast. Uh, TNA overbooked him. He only had so many dates on his contract, and then they're going, oh, crap, if we book you anymore, we won't have you for Bound for Glory. <laughs> no, or for the no, rest of the just would have to pay him more. Well, yeah, they would, have had to give, they would have had to sign him for more dates and pay him more, and they didn't want to do that. So they wrote him off TV in this way. Without even losing his title. 
Yeah. That's the he, part yeah, that gets you the most. Yeah, he was TNA World Champ, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, so there you go. That's why it's vacant here. Stupid. Stupid. Oh, crap. Stupid. Stupid. Wow. Yeah, who got, like, LOL, TNA. Oh, crap, we overbooked our world champion. We can't, we don't want to pay him more. Send him home. Strip him, strip him of the belt, bro. You had one job. My God. Yeah, but I also found it funny they pointed out that Abyss called his special weapon, the 2x4 with nails in it, he called it Janus. Janus was the name of Dixie Carter's mother. I just thought I was going off of Friends. <laughs> oh. My. <laughs> God, <laughs> that that should have been a running gag. Every right. time that every time somebody saw Abyss with with Janice, they'd back up, be like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> uh, but like Conrad asked Eric Bischoff flat out, he was like, "This this was a rib, right?" He was like, "I I," and I think Eric was like, "I guess so." I don't know who greenlit it, but I'm going to safely assume this was a rib on Janice Carter. <laughs> He still has the contract that said he had no creative control at all, he said. And <laughs> Just he, so he, can... so he likes to whip that out when stuff like this happens. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whoa, I did not. Even though Eric Bischoff maintains to this era, excuse me, even though Dave Meltzer maintains to this day that Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan came in and ruined TNA with their creative. Well, yeah, because Meltzer was in the room. Yeah, I mean, And by has... Meltzer in the room, I mean Terry Taylor. Well, of course but well, this next match is Rob Van Dam versus Abyss in a monster's ball. It went just shy of 13 minutes. Abyss came out and says that he's spoken about this date 10-10-10 for months, and it's now finally upon us. RVD is, in a, is uh, wrestling in a shirt, which, I don't know. This was always something that bugged the crap out of me with TNA. It he's seemed covering like, up the wounds from Janice. What do you not get? Well, okay, that that would have been cool. if they Did they explain that on commentary? Did I yes. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But it just, it always annoyed me because it seemed like at one point half of their roster wrestled in a t-shirt. Yeah, and TJ um, likes his shirtless men, folks. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with that. No, I just thought it was stupid. It looks like, I'm like, why are you wrestling in a t-shirt? Are you just really trying to drive traffic to, to shoptna.com or whatever the hell? No, Don West does that. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> with his brown bag deals or whatever the hell they call it. You see what a brown bag deal is in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, I don't know if you noticed this. A lot of the camera work in this match was abysmal. This is like some of the worst camera work I'd ever seen on a major show. Did you notice this? This is when you start realizing Kevin Dunn's not so bad. Yeah. It's like the camera's like spinning around in the wrong direction. People are zooming actually, out and in. I, I saw it a couple times and I thought the cameraman had fell or was like, you know, yeah, getting wound up in his, in his, in his, uh, the, the cords from the camera or something. Like he's spinning yeah. out to get it out. And <laughs> Well, that's at the point where you, you know, where the director needs to go switch to hard cam or switch cameras, such and such. You know, not look like your cameramen are incompetent and your director for that matter. Well, this match was all over, to be fair. I literally put in my notes, this was the typical match that Greg hates, involving tables, chairs, barbed wire, and a 2x4 with nails sticking out of it. Uh, RVD is about to go for the five-star frog splash, but he hesitates and instead nails Abyss in the gut with Janus super kicks him, and wins with a five-star frog splash. Abyss is now bleeding from the mouth. Uncle Dave, for some ungodly reason, gave this three and one-fourth stars. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two, and normally I would give a match like this one, but I love Abyss and Rob Van Dam. And I thought yeah. it actually it made sense for why this match is happening. 
they're not just doing it because Abyss is the hardcore guy. Yeah. I mean, it made sense. He's the he's yeah. kind of the hardcore guy in uh, in the sense of he brings weapons around with him. But I, uh, James Mitchell talked about this in an interview where he said he hated the Abyss character because he's like, it just makes you look stupid after a while when you're constantly introducing all these weapons, and then you end up, 100% of the time, you end up tripping over your own dick and falling into your own trap. <laughs> like, every single time. He got hit with his own 2 by 4 here. Which, this, if this was the only time, I'd be like, okay, it makes sense. RVD was hit with it, and whatever. So it's, you know, turnabout's fair play and revenge, whatever. <sighs> Do you remember when he won the world title from Sting? Uh, I I remember he had a run with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, NWA title. Yes, he won it on a disqualification, and they reminded uh, yeah. him what they in TNA on disqualification. But he won going through his own barbed wire table setup. <sighs> so yeah, there you go, right there. <laughs> Didn't he lose it on his first title offense or something? Uh, he lost it on the first, the next pay per view. Yeah, so he christened it. Cool. Yeah, for those that don't get the reference, uh, look up Christian's world title run in WWE. That was the best uh, one of his career, but... I'm going to smack the hell out of you. Shut up. We now see footage of Sting, Kevin Ash, and... I didn't Angela. have a fact of that match, by the way. I was like, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> about this garbage, yeah. I'll say it was the last enjoyable Monsters Ball, I can tell you that. And I use that uh, term loosely. I don't remember any match after that. See, they morphed... This is my thing. They morphed what the Monsters Ball was even supposed to be. Because originally, the 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 concept of Monsters Ball was not this. I mean, yeah, it was anything goes, but it was different. Well, yeah, they used like they would actually use guys you could define as monsters, like Abyss and Judas Macias, Rhino. Used, well, even when they had like Brother Runt in there, like they the 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 stipulation was like they locked the guys up for twenty four hours in like solitary confinement to like get them stir crazy, and then they sent them out there with specialized weapons and whatever. And weapons this, weren't only legal; they were encouraged. That was the tagline. My God, yeah. TNA had a lot of stupid rules and stipulations and divisions, but either way. Uh, we now see footage of Sting, Kevin Ash, and D'Angelo De Niro going, uh, going against the new Hogan-Bischoff regime in TNA, claiming that they're only out for their own good. Jarrett and Samoa Joe are standing with Hogan and Bischoff. When Sting challenges Hogan, Bischoff says that Hogan's back is wrecked and he's having his eighth back surgery, which we then see footage of. He legit did have multiple surgeries on his back, and I mean, Bischoff has talked about he had to take like a, ha a fistful of pain pills to even get up in the morning because he was in so much pain. From everything I've heard, he's doing pretty good now because they did like a new style surgery on him that cost a buttload of money, and he he's getting around as well as he could for that many surgeries. I don't know. Either way, this next match is a uh, two-on-three handicap match. It's Jeff Jarrett's Mojo versus The Band which was Kevin Nash, Sting, and D'Angelo De Niro. The band switched members like they changed underwear. This went for 7 minutes, 45 seconds. My God. Uh, and You wouldn't think I would say that with the people that were in this match. But here we go. Sting is wrestling in a shirt, again, which I hated about his run in TNA. Because I said, for a man his age, he was in phenomenal shape, but he hid, but he hid everything. He acted like he was ashamed and he was getting fat or something. I know, I always left at that, because he never looked bad. No, he he was in great shape. In WWE, he didn't wrestle in a shirt, and he was he was in great shape there, too. And this was years after this. But Jeff Jarrett ends up walking out on Samoa Joe. Joe gets jackknifed by Kevin Nash. 
and uh, they win with the band wins with a pinfall. Uncle Dave gave this for some reason one and three four stars. I don't know what shaved off a quarter of a star there, but I gave it one and a half stars because it just wasn't good. What say you? Oh, man, this is another one of those why is this happening matches. Yeah, you gotta fill time. It's so stupid. I said one star. My only fact was I can't believe this match happened. (laughs) Yeah, it was just ridiculous Mm. on so many levels. This was ridiculous. They've said this a lot so far in this review. I'm like, this is supposed to be their major show. I know. You and I were playing this stuff like, oh my god, this this show is so great. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it was was a terrible show. It was great for a moment. Yeah, this I. I'm going with this review. This wasn't a great show necessarily for match quality. This was a great show, I think, for storyline building. For history. Yeah, it was a historic show, I'll say that. Christy Hemi interviews Mr. Anderson backstage about his issues with Kurt Angle. Uh, Anderson cuts a hilarious promo about getting punched in his nuts. Not just the right one, but the left one, too. (laughs) Uh, And then he says... uh, He got his nuts over. (laughs) And then he says he's going to have to end Angle's career here tonight. I, I like the, where he's like, I apologize to Kurt and his children. I apologize to his wife and his dog, his neighbor down the road, his high school, his high school wrestling coach. <laughs> it was great stuff. The guy who put the gold medal on his neck. <laughs> uh, team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon come out to the ring in street clothes to cut a promo. Brother Ray thanks the fans for their support throughout the years. He puts over how great he and Devon have been throughout their careers. Ray then says that Team 3D is officially retired, but he wants to go out with one more match against the greatest team in the world today, which is wrong because he didn't call out John Cena and David Otunga. He actually called yeah, right. out. He actually called out the Motor City Machine Guns, and he wants them to put their titles on the line. He said, if "We win, we become the 24-time." We're all tag team champions. If we lose, we retire. Gone forever, bro. <laughs> so this was leading up to the Bully Ray character. So there, there is uh, another start of a big thing there. We now get footage of how much Ric Flair and Fortune hate EV 2.0, or they just EV 2.0, EV 2, whatever the hell. Uh, and they don't respect hardcore wrestling. In contrast, EV2 wants one more hurrah in their careers because they keep putting over that they're over the hill. Which is just a lovely thing to build up a, a major match on. Look, we're really old. Nobody believes we can do it anymore. But hey, you know what? We want one more go in a cage with the young guys. I, it was I fine. like that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christy Hemi interviews Fortune backstage. Ric Flair hits on her repeatedly, getting extra creepy. Every member of As Fortune... As only Ric Flair can. Yes. Uh, every member of Fortune talks a little bit, talking about how they're going to end EV 2.0 tonight and send them home for good. And then we get this match. EV 2.0 versus Fortune. EV 2 is represented by Raven, Rhino, Sabu, Stevie Richards, and Tommy Dreamer. They've got Mick Foley in their corner. And Fortune is represented by... Get ready for this list of uh, major stars. We got AJ Styles, James Storm, Kazarian, Matt Morgan, and Robert Roode. And they've got Ric Flair in their corner. It's lethal lockdown. I'm starting to see why the show had a lack of matches. They threw all their talent in one match. Yeah, right. You think about this. AJ Styles, WWE. James Storm, NWA. Kazarian, AEW. Matt Morgan, uh, running for office somewhere. I think he is a mayor. I don't know. And then Robert Root, WWE. And then the other guys. (laughs) Yeah, the other guys. Uh, I mean, Rhino's still in Impact, so there's that. Anyway. A long uh, gap, though. Yeah. 
Uh, we got this match went on for 23 minutes, 38 seconds. Instead of the usual coin toss with the war game style matches, they actually had Fortune win a match on Impact to gain the man advantage, which I thought was a better concept. But shocker, the heels still get the man advantage. It's never happened Fo- before, dude. Yeah, never. Uh, Flair jumps, or excuse me, Foley jumps Flair to start things, and uh, they're quickly separated. We start off with Kazarian versus Stevie Richards. AJ Styles is next in for Fortune, then Tommy Dreamer for EV2. Bobby Roode is third, or rather second for, or yeah, no, he is third for Fortune. Sabu's third for EV2. Uh, Dreamer starts bleeding like crazy at this point. Shocker, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, J- James Storm comes in next, and Beer Money do a lot of double team moves. Raven comes in next, and actually, I thought he moved around pretty good for the size and shape that he's in. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's not like he was doing cartwheels, but... Uh, Matt Morgan is in last for Fortune, and he dominates. Rhino is in last for EV2, and he takes everyone out. As the top of the cage lowers with the weapons all over it, Foley and Flair battle all around the arena again. Matt Morgan kicks the door of the cage open by accident, and Stevie Ray... or Stevie... Stevie Ray, God... That would make this better. Uh, Stevie Richards chases a bloody Kazarian. I missed how Kazarian started to bleed. But he's chasing a bloody Kazarian on top of the cage. And Sabu dives out on top of Beer Money. Kazarian sets Richards up on top of a table on top of the cage. He climbs a ladder. And then, of all people, Brian F. and Kendrick surprisingly jumps Kazarian, putting him through the table. Raven is a bloody mess. I also missed how he started bleeding. Inside the ring, Dreamer hits He's the Dreamer Driver. He just, he just bleeds. Yeah, he just spontaneously bleeds. Uh, Dreamer hits the Dreamer Driver off the middle rope to AJ Styles onto a chair for the win. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I gave it an even two. It was somewhat entertaining, but mm, the match itself wasn't great. What say you? I said it was a fun match. Bless fortune for carrying this crap. Two stars. <laughs> yeah, this was... uh something, man. Just, uh, it was on another uh, another level of weird. Here's a fun fact, by the way. Each team has a guy who ran for political office after this. Holy crap, I forgot Rhino ran for I office. I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Rhino ran for office, for those of you that don't know, up in Michigan. And He uh, lost Morgan uh, won, so there you go. Right. Where, where is Morgan? He's uh, a mayor in some very small city. I don't know where. Is it Carolinas? I don't know. I don't remember where he's from. Ah, but yeah, so there's that. He still does interviews on, like, wrestling podcasts, by the way. He reviews L all wrestling from all week. Ah, yeah. So he's still involved somewhat? I don't know. And apparently, judging by everything I've heard on these podcasts, you and I had a very pop unpopular opinion that he should have been a major star. I mean, right? You were on that train with me? Yeah, I don't know why people didn't like him. I thought he was yeah. damn good, especially for a dude his size. Yeah, everybody... On every wrestling podcast, talks about, oh, he was just missing stuff. Like, he, he just, he, he couldn't take it to the next level. I'm like, how? I mean, even his mic work wasn't that bad. I know. And Eric Bischoff talked, Eric Bischoff, I think, was the one that talked about his hair. Oh, yep. his hair, it was, oh, his hair didn't, it wasn't intimidating. I'm like, what the F? That was the was same guy that said Sting didn't show up at Sarkey with a, or with a can, so. After he'd been hiding in the rafters for months. He's just got weird opinions sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, the hair. Oh, I wasn't scared of him because of it. You know, I, I wasn't intimidated by that giant man that can do a perfect drop kick. Uh, I, I'm not afraid of him because he has a buzz cut. Like, what? <sighs> oh, my 
Like yeah. I get Eric has the nicest hair, head of hair in wrestling. Well, of course. You know. The only one that comes close is Charles Robinson. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, anyway. I don't know. What about that guy, uh, Tino Sabat- Sabatelli? What was his name? Yeah, Tino Sabatelli, yeah. Good lord, man. That was, uh, that was like the most perfect Italian haircut you've ever seen in your life. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to him, by the way? I don't know. He was dating Mandy Rose for a while, and then, uh, poof, gone forever, bro. Well, she traded up to Otis, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she traded in a six pack for a keg. <laughs> Hey, dude, quantity over quality, right? <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, final interview of the night. Christy Hemme's interviewing Kurt Angle backstage, saying that Kurt told everyone that he'll retire tonight if he didn't win. So, spoiler. Yeah. That, yeah. So, uh, why, why is that just the thing? If you're of a certain age and you've been wrestling for X amount of years, every major match has to have a retirement stipulation. Because of the first part you just said, yeah, but it's like it's such an overused, uh, unbelievable uh, thing. I feel like there was a tag on Abyss's match. This was his last one ever. No, I don't know. I I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we are now at the, well. Kurt says that he has to win tonight, and he will step up to do so because he's a champion. And he's done it his whole life, and blah blah blah. I've won a good. He didn't drop the famous "I won a gold uh, medal with a broken freaking neck." But. Here, look real quick. Not to, you know, to, to stay on that, he would literally be the champion to headline the next bound for glory. And he does not win here. Just point yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember you and I watched that one on Xbox and we threw a freaking fit when Bobby Roode didn't win. Oh, yeah, that was I'm pretty the one. sure we were flipping furniture. Yeah, we were. Uh, we were flipping out like. uh a certain Atlantean we know when uh, the, when the Falcons blew that lead to the to the Patriots. I still maintain that his house like caught on fire spontaneously when that happened, and he just yeah. Have you have you ever seen that movie Inside Out? <laughs> yes. Yeah he he pulled uh, an anger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just... <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. But all right, we get to the main event of the evening. Thank God for this match, man. It was Mr. Anderson versus Kurt Angle versus Jeff Hardy. I was huge fans of all of these guys. I have, hey, I have Jack's figures of everybody in this match. I have so. Mattel of two of them. Uh, yeah. Count Hogan. Spoiler, we're getting it too far. Wow. Well, this was a three-way dance for the TNA World Heavyweight title. They couldn't call it a triple threat, I guess. It went for 18 minutes, 37 seconds. WWE thing, so I can respect that. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing 
ECW when they first started doing it called it a three way dance. And uh, uh, I think ECW is the first company to ever do a three way dance or anything like that. Here in America, yes, yeah, they were the ones to originate it here in America. And well, then, like, that's all that matters to me, America. So <laughs> wow, yeah, and I can't remember. I know Vince when he first started doing it. I think he consulted Paul Heyman on how the hell do you book this thing. But yeah, anyway, uh, what sir? <laughs> if I may have another volley, sir. You must have all three men in the ring at the same time. <laughs> anyway. That's way too uh, <laughs> Tina, I said, did a great job of building this up to be a have a big fight feel, I think. that I can still feel it to this day, watching this match. I got hyped. And I stayed hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> Hell yeah. You got me with it on the last one, so I had to get it with you this time. But there are tons of big moves, great transitions, and awesome near falls throughout this entire match. There's not really much else to say about it past that. Very smooth work from everyone, I said. Kurt, quote, accidentally bumps the referee, you know, near the end of the match. And Mr. Anderson drops Kurt with a mic check. Eric Bischoff then comes down to the ring with a chair. And Hulk Hogan then walks down with crutches, looking angry at Bischoff. Bischoff looks like, whoa, it's uh, not what you look, what it looks like. And then Hogan gets in the ring. They argue for a bit before Hogan hands his uh, one of his crutches to Eric Bischoff. And like, let's duel it out with crutches. <laughs> Which, I mean, I know why, I know what they were building up to, but that setup was stupid. Let's duel it out with crutches, brother. Well, he was trying to like be men. fair. Oh. Yeah, let's, let's do this like men. Here's a crutch. Eric Bischoff could probably legit kick anyone's ass in that ring without weapons, but. Well, yeah, well, he's not a two-time Black Belt Hall of Famer, though. <laughs> no, but he was trained by a three-time one, right? Yeah. Uh, but the two, uh, anyway, he hands the one crutch to Bischoff, and then Jeff Hardy gets in the ring, stands between them, like, whoa, let's, let's not fight, man. Peace, love, and harmony. And then Hogan hands him a crutch. I thought was like, talking, but. You're right. And they look like they're gonna fight it out with crutches. And then Hardy takes out Angle in the back with one of the crutches while Hogan smiles, and he gives the, uh, the double point signal to Anderson, who already, Hardy also takes out with a crutch. And then he nails a twist of fate on Anderson and pins him. T- uh, Jeff Hardy is the new TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Uncle Dave and I both gave this four stars. What say you? I gave it four as well. I, I love this match. I love the unpredictability. I mean, even watching back, I just, I remember like, wow, I didn't see this coming at all. No. I said, I mean, I, I said I never knew it was going to win. The surprise ending got me. It just, Hulk- it worked. Yeah, and the Hogan Bischoff thing. Some people could. You know, I, I if somebody told me, well, I I saw it coming that Hogan and Bischoff were going to turn. Okay, yeah, because I mean that wasn't like way out of left field. But the thing that got me was Hardy. Yeah, I because mean, from 1999 to well 2010, he was a perennial face. 11 years, so yeah. Yeah, he was like he 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 was basically like Ricky Steamboat. Like hmm. he was always babyface. So it was a shock. And after the match, Eric Bischoff announces the new World Heavyweight Champion, Jeff Hardy. And he poses with him and Hogan. At ringside, Dixie Carter looks confused as hell. Uh, Abyss and Jeff Jarrett run down to the ring to celebrate with everyone. RVE runs down and asks... I forgot about this part. RVE runs down <laughs> to the ring and he asks Jeff Hardy. He's like, what are you doing, man? What's so, going on? So freaking comical. <laughs> I know. And he's like, what, what's going on, Jeff? And then Jeff takes a world title and just blasts him in the face and knocks him out. As the show comes to a close. So I also got to point out that Jeff Hardy's theme here was probably one of his best themes ever. Another me. Yeah. Besides the the one he doesn't use in WWE right now that he says he's coming back soon. Oh, no more words. I loved this theme. 
I think there was only one or two themes he ever used in TNA that because for those that don't know, he changed his theme up like every other month in TNA. It was always something by his band. But they were always him singing too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But there was only like one or two themes he used in TNA that I didn't really care for. I like this one. I like the, you know, Resurrected. uh, And I don't know. There's a million others that he had. But yeah, they were all pretty good. But yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites. My other, my second favorite is actually Willow's Way that he used when he was Willow. I don't know. I thought that theme was awesome. (laughs) The character was whatever. That's right. I forgot about that song. I don't know. Yeah. I like the character too. I didn't hate creepy, it. It was creepy, and that's what he wanted it to be. So yeah, it had a, a like a Finn Balor demon kind of feel to it because it was like kind of like jo- yeah, that mixed in with like a little bit of Joker. Yeah, right. But to end, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of the show. Here's a, here's was, a fun fact, by the way. This is the second Hogan heel turn in this arena. <laughs> so that's just, oh, was this was this a, the arena he turned heel? Yeah. It, wow. Crazy. That's a. Uh, Funny to think about. Full circle, man. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. You'll never believe it. I mean, I hardly could. Kohl's has epic deals right now, and they're going to make for an epic 4th of July. I got the cutest $6.99 Americana tees. $19.99 $19.99 Tech Gear shorts for me and Toastmaster Kitchen Gadgets for less than 10 bucks. I even got Kohl's cash and picked up my order in less than an hour. So yeah, cue the fireworks because these savings are definitely worth celebrating. Select style sale ends July 4th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the hydration watermelon smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Now, back to our program. Well, the final ratings for the show were a little harsh, but I mean... I don't know. IMDb gave it 6.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.88 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I mean, honestly, if you break down the match quality altogether, not all that great. And like you you and I talked about multiple times, it's like, this was our biggest show of the year, and this is what they were offering us. You know, but there was a lot of good storyline stuff. And uh, I don't know. All in all, I didn't hate watching it. What, what say you about the final rating? I think I'm right with you. I said C plus. I thought, um, I thought the exhibition title match was fun. Should have been longer. Mm-hmm. I thought the opener was yeah, oh yeah. was pretty pretty good. Well, decent to good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I bet you these, was, if these good. two teams went now, it'd probably be like really good. Oh you know, hell yeah. Um, but and then the last match. So yeah, C plus. Yeah, all in all, I thought good show. You you can literally watch the beginning, the middle, and the end of this show. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, and, and there yeah. was, and they set up for big things storyline wise moving forward. It's not like oh, WrestleMania. Totally, where totally, like, and, and I like that. But this should have been the payoff. They should have set that all up right. in like August, September. You're right. Yeah. Well, because and and I get. I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally agree with them waiting until this night to have they appear. I think it was perfect. Everything else, like the Dudley Boy thing, like you're starting a storyline at Bound for Glory. 
Like, I, yeah, this should have been the blow off of the Dudley's last match. I mean, not, you know, they're pretty legendary, you know. Yeah, <laughs> semi legendary. Well, I'm thinking of you know, like WWE never, or at least not that I can recall, never starts a storyline at WrestleMania. I mean, they might start a heel turn at WrestleMania or a face turn, but oh. I don't know. I mean, with Austin McMahon, they didn't really start it; they just twisted. Yeah, a, that one was more of a long twist. one. So yeah, they. The M. Night Shyamalan is that one. And I say it that way because that twist sucked. But anyway, can I say, I mean, can I, can I actually say that now? <laughs> I'm going to use it. I'm going to use a quote I heard one time where it's like, you know, they, they said they went and saw an M. Night Shyamalan's movie, you know, and they always have a twist. And the twist of this one was, hey, it sucked. The twist of an M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan movie would be the ending was good. That would yeah, be that, a twist. That actually is a twist. Yes. So. All right. Well, that's the end of that uh, that one, man. We only have one more show left in the month of October, and then we are moving on to Gobble Gobble Turkey Month. I'm excited I'm, for November. I am, too, because it is – there are two particular shows that I really wanted to uh, – they're, they're the big shows for WWE and WCW during these months that I really want to talk about, and we're not going to give them away yet. I will tease them on our next podcast, which – our last podcast of the month is October 28th. We can, We're covering... We can say this, though. It's going to be Survivor Series. This is like a genius. Well, We're well, yeah, not going to tell you which one. <laughs> right. That's the big WWE one we're going to cover for, you know, the, the month of November, obviously. WCW, uh, you know, I mean, we'll talk about WCW, and there's uh, a fourth show, and then our bonus show that we're going to talk about. Bonus show. A freaking bonus. Yeah, throw me a freaking bonus here. But anyway, uh, October 28th is our last show of the month. And uh, it was a few days before Halloween. It is going to be WWE Raw from October 28th, 2002. So exactly 18 really, years to the date. This is a really random one to cover. I'm kind of it, excited about it because I don't remember any of it except for the main event. So Yeah, I don't. Re- same here. I don't remember a bit of it. I had to be completely reminded about the main event because that even slipped my mind. See, at first, when you first told me it, I thought we were doing the... Uh, Oh, uh, that, that spin the wheel thing they did? Uh, Raw Roulette. Oh, God. Because that was in this month. Was it? Wow. Yeah. Ironic that another spin the wheel is happening in October, but... It's coming back to Halloween Havoc. Or came yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. a little ahead. Right. But yeah, so this was exactly 18 years to the day that this Raw is happening. It, the main event is Triple H versus Kane in a casket match. Their huge feud from 2002. I believe and, uh, this is the blow-off. It, it involves, you know, Shawn Michaels had come back and wrestled his first match at SummerSlam a couple months before this. He, in the very next month, he would go on to win the world title in uh, Elimination Chamber. So in 2002, we talked about it on the last podcast, 2002 was a great, it, it's a sleeper year, when you honestly think about it. And yes, WCW was a I might say 2002 and 3, actually. Those are both yeah. amazing years. They were really good years. A lot, a lot of people sleep on 2000 uh, or 2002 was the first official year when you think about it, where the entire calendar year did not involve a WCW or ECW event. So they were officially long dead at this point. Yeah, the last uh, WCW pay per view was Survivor Series 2001, right? Alliance. Uh, yeah, that it, was I a mean, joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, so 2001, famously, I don't know, 2000 and 2001 were kind of weird years that didn't produce, like, a whole lot of stuff that we really look back on fondly uh, for various reasons. It wasn't all bad, I'm not saying that. 
But then we come out with 2002. 2000, 2000 was like the year we knew WCW was done. Yeah. They just couldn't catch up. As Tony Schiavone called them, a casket on roller skates. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that that's that. But, yeah, Raw from October 28th, 2002. It's a few days, like I said, before Halloween. But, yeah, so that's coming up. And obviously, if, if you guys, I want to let you know if you haven't, haven't heard it yet because it's posting on Monday. But check out your feed. October 26th on Monday, there will be something new in your feed, a little uh, something that's going to be coming every single week on Monday from now on. We're starting a Fig Fed Figure Federation. It is the Main Event Figure Federation, M-E-F-F. Greg is running the Overdrive brand with only Mattel figures. I am running the Jacked brand with only Jack-specific figures. And it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the draft is already in the can, and I will post it on Monday. And then we will have our first yeah, official. I want to get that posted because um, I want to put up all my picks. Yeah, same here. I already did uh, fig picks and all that stuff. We'll do a little bit of fig photography. It will not be filmed. So any of you, I know uh, the the major bros have had that with their fig fed. People are like, well, where can I watch this? Where's the video of it? And they're like, it, it, there's there's no video. It's an audio podcast. But... They said they will not do video because they are not going to sit there and play with wrestlers for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. These are two. And I know people would be like, well, they're grown men playing with toys, so who cares? It's like, yes, but at the same time, they don't want to be like, look, I'm going to lock my – I'm a grown man that's going to lock myself into my bedroom for hours and play with toys and film it. <laughs> like, that makes it even worse. I think, way, I think they've turned figure collecting like a million dollar or maybe close to a billion dollar industry. It's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's a definitely a multi-million dollar industry. That is for positive. And uh, yeah. Also, so, if you got a problem with people like grown men collecting figures – Kiss my ass, but sorry. Go ahead. There are many, there are many <laughs> worse things that people collect. Grown people collect. Well, hey, I remember when my parents used to talk about Tony Hawk. It's like, grown man out there riding on a skateboard. Good lord! Like he needs to grow up and get a real job. It's like mm, I think his millions of dollars have. Uh, I think he. I him. think he's in Forbes as a billionaire, and you know, he's right. Skateboarding company, his video games. I, I, I think. I think he's, he's doing, doing fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's not as sophisticated as uh, playing golf, but whatever. Either way, uh, that's coming up on October 26th, so look out for that on your feed. It's the first draft. It is. I'm going to warn you, it's going to be close to two hours. Uh, it's because it's the draft. We're doing 25 picks apiece. There are five mystery picks that we will not draft. They will pop up on our TV uh, every uh, quote-unquote TV. Sneak preview, by the way. Two of my mystery ones today. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, looking, uh, looking out for that. And, uh, November 2nd is our first official TV in this fantasy world. We are going head to head on Monday nights, the new Monday night war between Jacked and Overdrive. So check that out. And we will post the rules and regulations and all that info that you need on our social media. Follow us at main event marks or at main event underscore marks on Twitter and Instagram or main event at main event collector on Instagram is Greg with all the fig talk and fig pics and all that stuff. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. So I think we officially plugged all the holes. Chilling done. And I hope you all enjoyed your bonus content. If you didn't, screw you. It's a bonus. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you double your money back. If you didn't like this. Yeah, right. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm really bad at math. What's two times zero? Hold on, let's carry, carry the one, bring down the four. Zero? See, I, well, I don't, 
don't know if I if I believe you, Greg. I'm gonna have to ask Scott Steiner and consult an expert on this one. But also, right. if you did pay for this, you didn't pay us, so yeah, right. Where the hell is my money? We'll see. You, we'll see you next. Uh, well, we'll see you on Monday for the main event figure federation draft. We'll see you on Wednesday for the main event marks. At General Motors, we make more than electric vehicles. We're helping to make the world a safer, more inclusive place for all. As the first automaker to support the Equality Act, General Motors celebrates and embraces diversity every day, especially during Pride Month. Which is why we're proud to team up with iHeartRadio to support Can't Cancel Pride and the LGBTQ plus community. Because everybody in means everybody. Learn more at GM.com. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.